Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live from the SEI event and we have the privilege to talk to one of the best relationship managers, otherwise known as a person who actually calls on you and, and provides you with great services like they have at SEI. It is Matt McGowan. Now, he is really killing it and he has a couple of magnificent firms that he's working with that we're going to highlight on today's podcast. But before we do that, we're going to take a moment just to get to know Matt just a little bit better. So Matt, how in the heck did you end up at SEI? It's a good story. I came out of college, right, and didn't really know what I wanted to do. The one thing that I knew was I wanted to get into something that worked with business owners. And I'm from Delaware, uh, born and raised in Dover, Delaware, small town. We've got a racetrack and a casino, right? So I knew I probably wasn't going to work in Dover, <laughs> right? But I, I didn't go too far. I went to Wilmington, Delaware, and started working for a healthcare consulting company. Okay. And what they focused on was small to medium-sized healthcare companies, primarily doctors' offices. How do we make them more efficient? And kind of the core competency that, that we came to build was all right, if you're doing accounts receivable, if you're doing business management, those are all things that are necessary for doctors to run their business, mm -hmm. but aren't something that they're actually adding value to their clients by being really good at. I worked for this company for a couple of years out of college, learned that I loved working with businesses, but maybe wasn't in the industry that I wanted to stay in. Sure. On the flip side, I also at that time really wanted to go to Europe. So I decided, okay, I know I want to get my MBA eventually. I know that that's going to take a couple of years. I want to change industries. Maybe this is a really good time for me to go spend a little bit of time in Europe and figure out where I want to go from there. That one month trip turned into six months of me selling magazine advertisements while living in Brussels. It was incredible. The one thing was eventually when you travel constantly, you run out of money. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think, all right, maybe I should plan a little bit better. Let me go back and find something that allows me to tie in now more of a sales type role than mm -hmm. what I was doing before, which was purely consultative and tie some of that sales experience in, but start working with business owners again. Q in SEI. Okay. I had a friend who worked at SEI. Yeah. One of the great things about this company is it's so network focused. He was able to introduce me to people in a couple of different business units and ultimately the advisor network working with financial advisors tied in really well with the things that I wanted mm -hmm. to do, the type of people I wanted to work with, and then also more importantly, a solution that I believed in that tied in very well with what I was already doing with doctors before. Mm -hmm. So I spent, I've been at SEI now for four years. Mm -hmm. um, I've worked with advisors across the Midwest initially. My first territory was Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and that was quite a large territory, but I was based in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. right? So I'd fly out every now and then, primarily based in Philly. I had the chance about a year ago to move down to Dallas, Texas, where I am today, mm -hmm. and start working with our firms uh, in North Texas, Oklahoma, and I had some firms in Arkansas as well. And the great thing was we're growing so much in that area. My territory shrank since then, right? But the assets have gone up tremendously. And the whole reason for that is purely because we are entering a time where clients are more and more valuing either a financial advisor's advice. Uh, we're seeing that advisors are also coming to that same realization that 
when working in healthcare is what are the core competencies of your mm -hmm. business, right? And if your core competency is meeting with clients, it's going to be helping them plan and achieve their goals, then outsourcing the rest yeah. is only going to allow you to focus and be better at your own core competencies. Mm -hmm. That's made it a beautiful time for me. I mean, it's, I've been incredibly fortunate to be at a company that provides a good solution for, for, sure. for advisors with those needs and those goals. And that's really what brought me up here today. All right. Now, I warned you I was going to ask you questions outside <laughs> yeah, of the, uh, the but, but uh, So what do you do with all this windshield time, man? I mean, you're in the car a lot. Are you a sports radio guy? Do you listen to podcasts, books on tape, radio? You just sing in? What do you do? You know, it varies, okay. right? And, and actually, it has changed over time. I used to, when I was living in Philadelphia, right, our headquarters, about 14-mile bike ride to the office. Oh. And I backed up to a trail, and the trail goes right to the office, right? So I got really into audiobooks mm -hmm. at that time, primarily biographies. Mm -hmm. Love a good biography. I think it was the oh. Elon Musk uh, book was the one that got me hooked first. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I started with audiobooks. When I first got into the role, I was just you know, crushing audiobooks. The Tiger Woods book came out mm -hmm. right about the time that I started. And my, it was awesome. If anyone likes golf, and especially relevant now with the Masters, oh, yeah. I would say pick up that book. It's an incredible story. Hmm. It gives you such an insight into one of the greatest athletes of all time. Mm -hmm. But that's what I love about biographies mm -hmm. because, and I could probably pick this up from you is you're interested in people, mm -hmm. right? So you want to learn about other people, what makes them, what shapes them and leads mm -hmm. them to where they are today. And I think that, that that's the whole crux of our business. Sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so I spent a lot of time listening to audiobooks. Then I started spending a lot of time just talking to people. Oh. So, crazy enough, right? Oh. <laughs> uh, I am in central time zone, so that means I wake up really early for drives sometimes, and mm -hmm. like I said, I lived in Europe for a period. I'll call a lot of my friends in Europe that I didn't get to speak to as much when I worked in the office because sure. of the strict schedule, so I'll do my morning drives, I'm talking to my friends overseas, wow. and then in the afternoons, if I'm driving late, I'm talking to my cousins in, uh, you know, in San Diego, right? It's, nice. it's pretty great, and uh, my last name is McGowan, we're Irish, we have a lot of us. I'm sure. <laughs> so it does give a pretty broad base of people to talk to. Sure. So that's how I've been spending a lot of my time now, is I'm on the phone or I'm talking to clients. Oh. And in our industry, our clients like to talk a lot. So. They do, <laughs> and they definitely like to be called with a person who comes with really great ideas. And that's what we're going to focus on the second part of the podcast, yeah. which is I want you to talk to us about like your firm that's killing it, and why are they killing it? Yeah, absolutely. So I have two firms that I would like to talk about. Okay. And the reason is because you can look at the way you structure your business has to be driven by who you are as a person. Absolutely. And there are a lot of different types of people and, and you look at across all of our advisor base, we have a tremendous variance mm -hmm. in the type of people and even the type of firms that are out there and that work with us. But I would say the single driving factor always is the desire to spend time with clients. The first firm I'll talk about is it's a multi-advisor firm but what they've done, which is incredibly unique, and I think it's incredibly valuable, is they've created their business to be one singular firm in an ensemble-style shop. Okay. Now, do you know what I mean when I say I would love style? for you to explain ensemble because I don't think that people truly understand what that word means. Yeah. So, and this is going to be my interpretation of that. Sure. What that means is when you become a client of that firm, you will have several different advisors with maybe slightly different styles, slightly different skill sets, but they work as a team. So you're hiring, maybe you, you probably will have a key relationship with one advisor okay. because of the, on the personality level, maybe that's who you referred to, maybe that was your friend, your family member, but ultimately you're working with everyone in that firm. 
And the reason that it's been incredibly successful for that firm is twofold, right? Okay. First is you're able to have certain experts, right? You could have a CPA or an ex-CPA who can actually talk to the client on some very specific tax issues sure. or, or tax solutions that they can come up with. But then you might also have a planning specialist mm -hmm. or you might have someone who's going to be more focused on estates. And the beauty that they've created there is every meeting now, you are going to have more than one person that you're meeting yeah. with. Now on a business level, the reason this is brilliant too, is it allows you to fade in and out. Yes. If someone's on vacation, yep. there's no gap in client experience. Mm -hmm. and, and we've been talking about customer experience quite a bit today. Yeah. That is huge, right? It's, it, it isn't necessarily tied to one person, but mm -hmm. also from a generational standpoint, you look at our business, the average advisor is, what, 50-something years old? 50-something, yeah. Right? That could lead to clients saying, all right, what point are you going to retire? Yep. We're at the tail end of a bull market, and anyone in this industry will tell you our incomes have risen quite a bit. And because of that, maybe retirement ages for yourself could have gone up. Yes. Right? Or maybe as an advisor, you might want to spend a little bit less time in the office, but still want to provide high level of service. So this just allows that to become a multi-generational transfer. Yeah. And to the clients, they don't even notice it. Well, it's because you're setting those clear expectations on the beginning, yeah. right? Which is absolutely fantastic. And also, it is much less ego-focused, yep. uh, it's firm-focused. Most of those ensemble firms don't really go up for sale, we found, <laughs> but when they do go up for sale, their multiples are exponentially higher than a single practice. Okay, so ensemble firm, great customer service, which is fantastic. Uh, we were uh, interviewing Steve Worshing earlier today, and he was talking about the client experience, and I know that at, at the conference, client experience is the big focus, right? Yep. But what else are they doing? Because a lot of people will listen to this, Matt, and they'll be like, yeah, I give good client service. Mm -hmm. And they're not the juggernaut of this firm. So what are they doing more than just being a great firm with service? That's a good question. I, I think obviously delivering is a huge part good. of that. But I guess on what side, right? Do you mean on the acquisition? Do you mean, what do you think would help better define what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis? Right? Well, yeah, I mean, do they throw a crap ton of money at seminars? Are they radio people? Are they marketing people? Do they put out great content? How are they getting the attention to bring them into this ensemble practice? And, and then, of course, as we know, the ensemble practice is where the stickiness really happens. Mm -hmm. So help us with that. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it is a referral business, okay. right? Uh, one of the benefits of this ensemble firm, and, and, and actually it speaks to the success of creating a firm of this style, is it is multi-generational. Good. So there is a critical mass that you absolutely start mm -hmm. to hit. And especially when you now have multiple producers, it means that their networks, they are spindling out into the, you know, into the local community. So that means that there's nonprofit organizations that are involved in. Mm -hmm. It's not a massive marketing-based firm. Interesting. Though, which is interesting. And, and they have done some recent rebranding to try and make their website, which is quite slick, very clear on the website that they are a group firm, mm -hmm. right? And that they are planning focused. I think that it's the level of comfort that you feel when you walk into mm. that office. It's a very open office setting. You will see when you walk in, you see the operations staff. You'll mm -hmm. see all the advisors. It's such an open, welcome setting that it doesn't feel like anywhere besides you just come to see some friends. Sure. And, and they're going to sit down and talk about the family, mm -hmm. talk about your hobbies. 
it is that comfort level. It doesn't feel like I'm not a client, but I'm in there sure. quite a bit. Sure, sure. <laughs> I've met a number of clients and it doesn't feel like a, a pure sales process, Okay. right? However, it's very much built on the discovery, getting to know the client, helping to find a solution for the client, and whether it's things that are related to the business or not even close to it. I think okay. that that's really that extra element of and advisors listening are going to probably nod their head on, you'll have a client that calls and said, uh, I'm getting ready to buy a truck, right? <laughs> do I finance? Do I buy it? Do I lease it? Sure. What do you think? Or it's, they'll come in and just be talking about their family, right? right? And it's even more than a counselor to probably trust it, right? Because yeah. the conversations you're having with the financial advisor are incredibly personal. It's about income. It's about your goals and dreams. It's mm-hmm. what does money mean to you? Right, which means very different things to everyone. Sure. How has that changed throughout the course of your life? I think it's difficult to point to say, okay. this is the one thing they do. I can tell you some of the things that aren't focused on are as simple as, they're not going to go into that office and they're going to say, all right, we have 7% allocated to this part of your portfolio. Or say They're going to say, let's create a strategy and a plan that will get you to your goals. Okay but let's focus on the goals. Now, I just want to first off say that the truck comment was probably because where you live, right? So, <laughs> it is Texas. <laughs> it is Texas. Uh, but okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Yep. This firm's killing it, yep. right? What the heck do you do for them? That's a great question. And, and <laughs> are we recorded? Yes, we are. We're live, dude. Oh, we're we're live. Yeah. My role is entirely facilitation. So very similar to what an advisor would do with their client. I'm learning what their goals are. If you want to operate as an ensemble where you're meeting with clients all the time, that means you don't want to spend all of your time rebalancing a portfolio or picking your asset allocation or worrying, all right, is this money manager still doing what it it said they were doing Mm -hmm. when I first hired, Mm -hmm. right? So what we're doing and what I'm doing for them is I'm connecting them with the right investment resources, a technology that integrates with their CRM system that's going to integrate uh, with every aspect of their business, their financial planning tools, so that they don't have to spend any time doing anything but what they're really good at, which is delivering the service to clients. That's awesome. That's my job. That's what I'm bringing to them. On the day-to-day, what's incredible is it becomes so simple because they create a system, and it's all about systematizing. So what we're providing and what my company is providing for them is a system that they can operate the business off of mm-hmm. that fits well with what they are doing. I love that you hearkened it to and likened it to the discovery process that happens with advisors and their clients. Because I think a lot of people who are in your job, mm-hmm. right, they are not always the greatest listeners. Uh, <laughs> you know, from the top, they say you have to do this. And then, you know, your job is to go out and hit the pavement. But mm-hmm. SCI is fundamentally different like that. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a wildly solution-focused organization that their main goal, it seems, is to keep advisors in the lanes that they want to be. Because, you know, we've had a lot of advisors walking by here, our booth mm-hmm. today, and some of them are really good at this, and some of them yep. are really good at this, and but they're still under this SEI umbrella. Why mm-hmm. is that? Yeah, it's a good question. Because if you look at our advisors, right, there are a lot of differences at the surface, mm-hmm. but the most, the general overall theme is they want to run a business that the different pieces of their puzzle are integrated. Sure. There are, there are tons of different CRM systems, financial planning tools that can be different based upon your business. Mm-hmm. We have a platform, a solution that talks to all of those. We also have multiple ways that an advisor can work with us. And that's why the discovery process is so important. Sure. You can go from fully outsourcing the investment solution to SEI or customizing it on your own. 
And my whole role, my whole job is, all right, let's figure out what fits with your business and what can you replicate and do over and over easily without spending a ton of time. Okay. Whether it is customizing everything. All right, you're gonna customize everything, awesome, right? Mm -hmm. But let's make it so once you do, it can be very easy to build the model and that sort of, yeah. and roll with every client meeting so you have a consistency across your book. Your client experience is consistent, mm -hmm. but also still personal. Hmm. And, that, and that's something that we seek to provide for our advisors as well. Okay. And you, you'll see it, very different types of advisors work with us. Yeah. But they have that flexibility on our platform that'll fit with their business. And that's why the discovery process sure. is, so, is so important. There just seems to be a lot of organizations out there, Matt, that are very inflexible, mm -hmm. right? They don't want to provide that customized solution because it's very difficult to scale. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the other firm. So you said you were going to talk about two firms. Yep. So let's talk about the second firm that you help and what is making them so successful. And then again, tell us what you do for them. Yeah, absolutely. So this firm, I'm specifically actually choosing this advisor because it's different, right? It is a single advisor okay. shop. And I actually personally really like this model, <laughs> right? Because it is a truly a simplistic model. It is an advisor who focuses on working with, let's call it the mass affluent, so to speak. And what they do is they keep it very lean, right? And so the reason the lean is important is if you want to work with people that you really like, and with this advisor, it's once again planning focused, and I think that that's you'll see as a trend across all the advisors that we work with, regardless of, of maybe some of their differences, they're, they're typically going to be pretty planning focused. Okay. What they do is they just have the key advisor, one operations person, and a marketing person. Oh my gosh. And very simple business, huh. right? Day-to-day -day life, meeting with clients, and spending very little to no time actually in the office necessarily. And the reason for that is because their clients are the type of clients that will go out and grab lunch, right? Mm. Go out, grab breakfast. Mm -hmm. When they're coming in and doing meetings, it's very technology forward. There's no paper in the office. Um, so it doesn't, all you need if you're going out and when, when they go out to meet with their clients, just the iPad. Mm -hmm. If it's in the office, it's just throwing up on the screen. Just, uh, they have the, the AirPlay, uh -huh. right? They'll throw it up on the screen using Money Guide Pro, using Redtail, I mean, using SEI as a fully integrated system. Hmm. They're able to work from anywhere. And the way they communicate is they'll use blanking on the tool. I think it's Slack. Oh, yeah, um, I so love Slack. Is there Slack or yeah. one of the similar ones, sure. right? And that's just how they communicate in our office. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter whether you're working from home, whether they're working, whether I mean, their staff is able to work from home. It's truly... I think that there sometimes can be a, a negative impression on this word, but lifestyle-based practice. To me, if I were to go that route, I think that's probably the most sure. attractive to me because you're working with people that you like. Mm -hmm. You're focusing on planning. Mm -hmm. And you're allowing all of your different technologies and now that multiple technologies because it's absolutely no paper. Right. And allowing that to where the client experience doesn't lag. And if anything... It's actually built. There's so much about what you just said there that I absolutely love. Uh, and I think that, first off, lifestyle practice, uh, the world is changing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, wearing that badge of honor of working 90 hours a week, screw that, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that. But the other thing, too, is I have so many advisors who, when I used to coach, I used to hear this all the time. Mm -hmm. They're like, Matt, how do I get it down to an iPad, yeah. right, in a screen share or a multiple pads or something mm -hmm. like that? And a lot of times, Matt, it was hard because of the lack of integration. But that's one of the cool things about what you guys offer is this massive amount of integration to make it so advisors can do that with no problem. Yep, absolutely. And that I think is going to be the, the singular most 
I, I talk about why advisors work with us, which is to be able to focus on their core competencies, yeah. right? If I were to say how they do that best, that means through you integrating all their technologies, yep. right? Yeah. Those are the, the key things that I think are important to focus on. And if, if I were to rattle off the rest of my firms, right, where it's a multi-advisor shop, mm -hmm. where every advisor works singularly with their client, the operations side on mm -hmm. those, for, I have another firm in Oklahoma that does this incredibly well, mm -hmm. is the operations staff though, everything's integrated, everyone's communicating using workflows to make sure that mm -hmm. everything's done consistent across clients, despite the fact that every client works with every advisor differently. Mm -hmm. The core way of how we're working with them and how the advisor is executing things best, mm -hmm. it's no matter who you're working with, right? Sure. It's making sure that you can have all of your technology pieces talk because technology is only moving forward and only progressing. And because technology progresses at such a quick rate, mm -hmm you'll want something that connects with multiple different types of technology yeah. because you will probably substitute out your different technologies you work with as time goes by. So if you're going to build a chassis for your business, you want to make sure that it's one that can fit different tools, different yeah. technologies. But then more importantly, one of the things that we do well is we build workflows that work with those technologies. Nice. So how do you, you don't, you're not going to spend the time building a workflow if you're, once again, your core competencies meeting yeah. with clients, doing financial planning, spending time with the clients, getting to know them, doing ongoing discovery process. Well, you need to be doing all that. It's not saying, all right, let's stop for three months and build workflows. That's right. Let's do uh, you know, analysis on every best technology out there. It's the reason I have a job, Matt, <laughs> is purely because I can help, and, and those in my role, we listen, we learn what the advisors are using. I have hundreds of examples of advisors that we work with or that I've worked with that have implemented semi-different ways, mm -hmm. but all for the same goal, right? Yes. which is becoming a more efficient practice, more efficient business. It works for you two ways. One, you're spending more time with your client or with your family, but then the other side, from a, the most boring side is a compliance standpoint. Absolutely. You're actually now better able to track your conversations with clients, what your, your distribution that looks like right when your operations mm -hmm. team interacts with clients. You're able to better create workflows that create a consistent experience across your entire book of business. Yeah. And that, at a business level, is incredibly important. And like what you brought up earlier, if you do go to sell, your business and you have systems and operations in place, you can better quantify the cost of your Holy. business, right? You can get a better multiple for your business and working with a partner or solution that allows you to do that. I mean, how do you put a price tag on it? Well, luckily, we do know how to put a price tag on it, but there you <laughs> that's a totally different story. All right, so as we wrap up today's podcast, uh, I just want to ask you a little bit about yourself, if you yep. don't mind. When you're not windshield timing and calling your friends and having all yeah. this, what do you do for fun, man? I do anything that involves other people. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm in a soccer league. I do uh, sand volleyball every Tuesday, <laughs> right? The sandbar cantina in Dallas. Go if you're ever nice. there. It is heaven on earth. And on weekends, right, I might, I've, I've done a couple of triathlons, so I've liked to do that. I haven't, it's been a little while, actually. <laughs> yeah. Think about it now, I don't think I've hopped on my bike yet this year. Oh, so, well, can I still say that's something you, I do? Yes, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've done, and a lot of it, though, is, is visiting friends and families, okay. you know, getting to travel. All right, so you brought up the uh, Elon Musk book and mm -hmm. the Tiger Woods book. Um, yep. What is the one go-to thing that you have? Like, do you have a book or a saying or something like that that you're like, this is my go-to? I guess I'd, I'd turn that back on you and say, uh -oh. who am I talking to, <laughs> right? Well, that's interesting because I actually don't know if anybody's ever asked me that. I would probably say friends and family. 
Yeah, so I guess it depends on who I'm talking to. And the reason I push back on that mm -hmm. is because if I'm talking to my little cousin, sure. right? I'm pointing them to maybe a TED talk. And actually, they, yes. they showed it today, the Simon Sinek one. Yeah, totally. I, I actually use, I've, I've used that for years. Mm -hmm. Anytime I'm talking to a cousin who is getting ready to go into the workforce, sure. right? Or a friend who's trying to get ready for an interview mm -hmm. <laughs> right? or something like that. That is probably one of my go-to TED talk okay. right, that I'll point to because that's very short, mm -hmm. very simple. It's a lot less homework based. Mm -hmm. But if, if I'm looking at maybe a book or something that I would, I would share, it's almost what I've most recently read. Okay, great. Because it is top of mind. Yeah. <laughs> right? And uh, that's it, right? It's all right. What, what was I most recently reading? And, and, and that's probably what I'm going to talk okay. about. I'm reading a book right now called The Open Veins of Latin America because I went to Belize earlier this year. Oh. And I was like looking at the Mayans mm -hmm. and I'm like, man, I don't know much. Yeah. <laughs> There's really a lot that I don't know. Yeah. So I'm reading that right now or listening to it on Audible. That's how I operate. Huh. And, and, but a lot of times it's, it's really, if I'm talking to, if I'm talking to someone from New York, read this book about, called The Power Broker about Robert Moses, which is someone I'd never even heard of. Mm -hmm. and unbelievable story, right, huh. about one of the most powerful people in New York history you've never even heard about. Yeah. And he was basically a city planner. Yeah. But it's the biggest city in the world. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty so important it's a pretty job, important, dude. Yeah. Pretty important guy. Well, it's funny, Matt, that you say that because I have actually been asked that question on, on other podcasts, which is mm -hmm. why I ask it on yep. this one. And my answer is always the same. So I really? guess what is little, that? It's Not Easy Being Green by Jim Henson. Uh, okay, I've not read that. If it's a little kid, right, it shows you the potential possibility yep. of being creative and really truly being yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you're 80 years old, it reminds you, hey, you should probably try to be yourself. <laughs> so anyway, I'm a big Kermit the Frog fan, but that's totally okay. different. Um, okay, to wrap up today's podcast, if anybody wants to reach out and find out a little bit more about you or SEI, what is the best way for them to do that? So for me, the best way is either connect with me on LinkedIn. Okay. Right? My name is Matt McGowan. I'm based in Dallas and work for SEI. So when you do the yeah. search for Matt McGowan, it's a lot of us, but <laughs> you can narrow it down through SEI. All right. If you were to reach out to SEI itself. I mean, SEIC.com, right? SEIA? Well, I mean, SEIC.com is our main site. Okay. We, we just rebranded. So oh, did you really? Yeah, so we, oh. we were SEIC.com backslash advisor network. Right. Right. Now, I, I think if you just looked, just did the search for SEIC.com, yeah. okay. um, independent advisor solutions. Okay. That All is right. our name, our, our market unit's new name, right? Okay. Because it's our shift towards becoming more of a platform, a solution-based gotcha. business, rather an advisor network. Well, sure. Uh, maybe <laughs> that's actually a very clear yep. name. Yep. Uh, I like that. An independent advisor solutions. Okay. I want to drive on the fact that if you're working with us, it's because you made the decision to work with us. Gotcha. Beautiful. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being on the podcast <laughs> today. You. This was super fun, dude. Yeah, it was awesome. That's cool. First podcast I've ever done. So. Really? Yeah, now, so. You have a voice for this, but oh, yeah. we need to talk about that afterwards. <laughs> yeah. That's a totally different subject. All right. Well, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, click that subscribe and all button below. That way, every time we come out, the new podcast will show up directly on your listening device. And if you wouldn't mind, uh, email me, Matt at Top Advisor m.com and that m is for marketing um, if you know of anybody who'd be a good guest or if you want to give us feedback or even better a topic you want us to cover so for everybody here at sei and for matt mcgowan this is matt haller and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area learn how to become a prolific online influencer attract more ideal clients and grow your business Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. 
This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz. Independent Advisor Solutions by SEI is a strategic business unit of SEI Investments Company. Money Guide Pro and Red Tail are not affiliated with SEI.